scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll level two. Sports Rage Sunday, the Sports Mass, the Shakedown continues. Big man on campus, Barstool Sports, kicking it uh, with us as we pick up the pieces. Week eight, all but done, and you are what your record says you are. First place check, Buffalo Bills, six and two after eight weeks. Although the Buffalo Bills are somewhat of a soft uh, six and two. Buffalo Bills lucky that Cam Newton fumbles late uh, in this football game. New England Patriots were marching inside the red zone, and uh, the Patriots could have taken the lead and won the football game. They could have uh, kicked a field goal and tied the football game, but a late uh, fumble seals uh, New England's fate. Uh, The Buffalo Bills come up with a rare victory over the New England Patriots. But don't look now, the Miami Dolphins. uh, Looks like the Patriots are out of the way right now. Patriots are a 2-5. Miami Dolphins get it done. Tua has an unspectacular debut. He really didn't do anything. And in fact, you know, his numbers were terrible. uh, But Jared Goff and the Rams were even worse. And I don't know how that happened because Sean McVay is supposedly a genius. He's an offensive genius, right? He's like, he's a mastermind, diabolical, diabolically like genius. Uh, you know, I suppose that's what everybody says. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 7-0 and for the first time since 1978. And that's kind of crazy when you think about it because the Pittsburgh Steelers have had some damn good football teams. Tennessee Titans are a good football team, but they lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals might be 2-5-1, and one, but the Bengals are going in the right direction. And Joey B is definitely uh, the real deal. Cleveland, are Cleveland the real deal? Probably not. Cleveland's starting to fall apart without Odell Beckham. Uh, they lose. Raiders, they get it done. Raiders hanging around as far as a uh, playoff uh, spot is concerned. And don't forget, there's an extra playoff spot available. Kansas City gets a free pass today against uh, the New York Jets. Kansas City uh, now 7-1. and one. Dalvin Cook goes off four touchdowns. For Dalvin Cook, fantasy football players uh, rejoice. Dalvin Cook is a freaking touchdown machine. Dude just scores touchdowns every time uh, he's on the field. And uh, we got to start taking a look at the Dalvin Cook uh, multiple touchdowns per game uh, prop because he's like the only good player uh, on that team. Uh, Detroit Lions get pumped uh, by the Indianapolis uh, Colts. New Orleans uh, get it done. We've got a big showdown. New Orleans and uh, Tampa Bay next Sunday. Sunday night uh, football. Antonio Brown will make his debut, but Tampa's on TV on Monday Night Football against the New York Giants. We'll break that game down, take a look at a college situation, all that and more. This is Sports Rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Don't ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. What's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all in a hockey game, and I won that. All right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. What a windfall. Yeah, Yeah, I still feel tingly. Sports late night continues. I'm Renzi, big man on campus, Barstool Sports kicking it. Uh, with us, a lot of stuff to get to, including uh, what, you know, it was a weird day. It's a crazy weekend, of course, uh, big man. 
Uh, we'll get uh, to your election prediction before we're done. Um, I see that, uh, I just see a headline here right now. Trump leads a, a fire Fauci chat at a rally tonight. <laughs> this is, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, um, this, this is what, this is what it's come to. I uh, mean, this is like a wrestling, it's like WrestleMania, this election. Uh, but so speaking of WrestleMania, it was a crazy weekend, right? It's Halloween, you had the full moon, the blue moon, you have the election, everyone's whacked out. Everyone's angry all the time. I don't know if it's the weather too. <laughs> Like people's biorhythms aren't doing well, and uh, specifically Javon Wims not doing very well. So, guys, I'm sure you saw the highlights today. The dude on the Bears, no one's ever heard of this kid before. Uh, so, the guy, guy on the Bears, Javon Wims, wide receiver, he basically just randomly and violently attacked a dude on the Saints, uh, Gardner Johnson. Now, we should know that C.J. Gardner Johnson's a jerk, all right? And if you're watching a game or if you follow the story, you'll see, big man. Gardner Johnson was like poking people in the face. He was like sticking his finger in people's face masks all day. They were, did you see there was a clip where they were mocking Miller for being short? Like they said something to him and they, they mocked his height, uh, Gardner Johnson and the other guys on the Saints. Like the Saints are definitely like the Saints are jerks. Like they, people don't really like if you pay attention. Like the Saints are like a college team, and like they all run their mouth. They're cheap. They do like cheap things and stuff. So basically, Wims finally snapped. Man, Gardner Johnson was just doing being a douche all game to everybody. And I guess so. Gardner Johnson, Gardner Johnson snatched, snatched Wims's mouthpiece out of his mouth. I don't know why he would want to do that, but he did. So Wims got upset. Tried to, on the next play, Wims tried to reach in and rip his mouthpiece out of his mouth. Missed, and then decided to start punching him. Yet, I don't understand, big man. Like, why, like, in what world? How stupid do you have to be to punch someone with a football helmet on? Like, if you want to get the guy, why not, like, punch him in the, like, right in the stomach? Like, he wouldn't, you know what I mean? Boom, right in the stomach. And then, like, you know, or grab him by the face mask and start, like, dragging him around you can do that but it's ridiculous big man the guy's a moron who the hell punches someone with a face mask on yeah that that was my thought um you know you made a comment at the break you know maybe hit him you know in a body shot or something i don't know yeah look i guess you know weems just kind of got sick and tired of the nonsense and we've seen that before in the nfl we i remember many years ago andre johnson and uh I forget who the other guy was. They got into it. We remember Miles Garrett last year takes his helmet off and yeah. hits uh, Miles uh, or uh, <laughs> Mason Rudolph, Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. So yeah, look. I, I mean, I, look, especially with the COVID stuff. I'm not really sure why Gardner Johnson is putting his hands in people's mouths and stuff. That's kind of that's gross, a, that's to be a, honest. Yeah. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't blame yeah. Wims though. I mean, I, I'm willing to if take you over look, the team there. It was a dick move. If you look, if you look on Twitter, guys, you'll see like Gardner Johnson. There's all kinds of video of incidences during the game, which just. But the thing is, that stuff that's old school football. That's what these guys do, right? And the Saints still do it. A lot of you know, football is a lot softer, so it's not like they're monsters, but you know, it annoys people, and people aren't used to it, and they snap. And you saw that's what happened. So as you say, like Gardner Johnson all day, like he poked someone in the eye. He kept like sticking his hand in everyone's face mask all night. <laughs> and 
but and finally, but there's better ways of dealing with it, like than than to do what he did. Uh, you know, that's what kind of suspension? I don't know. He's probably going to get two. I I don't know if one game is enough. I don't. I don't. Th- the NFL, I think, is going to want to send a message that you can't like start attacking people on the field like that, right? I'm assuming he's going to get a couple of games, but the Saints are uh, the Saints are a douchey team. They're a good team, but like they're they're annoying. Like Sean Payton chirps all the time. Their co their assistants coach uh, their coaches chirp to players on the sideline. They're just a, they're a chirpy team. Uh, it should be a fun football game uh, next week. Uh, so uh, New Orleans uh, gets it uh, done there. How did you do today, uh, big man, uh, with your bets, uh, wins and losses? Did you win more than you lose? Who who did you win with? Who did you lose with? Uh, well, I had the Ravens first half. I had Colts lines over. I had the uh, San Francisco 49ers. They got destroyed. And I had I had some soccer. I didn't do great with that. This is my first losing week in Italy this year, actually. So I uh, I, I I didn't have a winning day, but I didn't really lose either. I actually made some money with the uh, with the Eagles game, and then I uh, I mentioned you. I had some MLS I took as well. So eh, it was okay. NFL. Uh, I'm not having. I'm like down a unit or two in the NFL this year, but every other sport's been money. Um, so the NFL, yeah, the NFL was volatile for me. The weekend was sort of, I, I lingered around 500 all weekend. You know, I would win, I would lose, I would win, 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 and I would lose three in a row and yeah. win a few in a row. And it sort of went back and forth. Yeah. I ended up losing money because the juice adds up. Uh, but, you know, pick-wise, you know, I think, I, you know, right around 500. But I did lose, I ended up losing money because, you know, I'm not betting 20 bucks a game, so the juice does add up. Especially when you bet as many picks and props. I've had really bad luck with props, though, big man. I had Zeke Elliott over 63 and a half. He gets to 63. They don't give him the damn ball again. I had the Jimmy Garoppolo completion prop. He gets knocked out of the football game. I got uh, George Kittle prop. He gets knocked out of the game again. Like, these freaking football props, bro. It's so annoying. And my luck, this big man, is so bad. I was bitching about this the other night. I'm like, these football props, every game I get screwed. Guys get hurt, it seems. So I said, that's what I like about the other sports. So I'm tweeting, Big Man, this is what I like about the other sports props. You know, guys rarely get hurt. Big Man, I had Henrik Stenson to be top 20 in a stupid Bermuda golf tournament. Somehow the guy, like, nearly breaks his ankle playing golf. <laughs> a guy that I have, Big Man. Like, that's what you know. That's what you know it's not your weekend, bro. When, you're, when you bet on a golfer to finish in the top 20 and the guy can't get through the tournament because he twists his ankle and nearly breaks his ankle, big man. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's really rough luck. I mean, you don't ever, you know, I could expect like a back or something, but yeah, uh, the ankle, I don't, uh, I don't get that one. All right. So let's get into, let's get into some college talk uh, here, big man. Uh, the Trevor Lawrence stuff, pretty crazy. So the big news broke. Um, and everyone expected right away because he's going to be able to play against Notre Dame. He's going to be able to play against Notre Dame. They shut that down that he's going to be playing uh, against uh, Notre Dame. Uh, what do you What do you make of this? I saw a number of seven and a half, and it's funny because I was fourteen and a half a couple of weeks ago. I did see an advanced number of fourteen and a half, and I've seen some seven and a halfs out here right now. What do you make of the you know the college football uh, season? How much is this you know this pretty big bombshell? Lawrence with COVID. Missing, you know, their toughest game of the year. This is like their only tough game at Notre Dame. What do you think of the game now? 
You know, Gabe, very few people will give me credit, but I actually broke this story. You can go back and look. I was the first person to have it. How I got it, I won't tell you, but I got good info on it. I will tell you this, and I'm going to advise anyone out there listening to this right now uh, that that called in anyone, I am done betting football more than 24 hours beforehand. Um, I've gotten beaten a few times, and I've had a good season this year in college football, but I've gotten beaten – a couple of times off very random things as far as injuries are concerned. Teams are not being vocal about their COVID issues. They're not being vocal about things, and it's coming back to hurt some of these teams. So uh, I would definitely advise, you know, do your due diligence. Make sure you got to get some info and and wait as long as you can. Uh, Especially in college. Especially in college. Even in the NFL. Especially, you know, I know. That's the theory. We talk about that same thing in MMA, man. It's always tough to make the pick on Tuesday. We're going to run through somebody's college and numbers and some interesting ones. Talk about this Minnesota Golden Gopher team and why the hell are they favorites again. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. <laughs> no, just take it. I am Renzi, Barstool Sports in the house, big man on campus. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Uh, you'll find him under big man on campus, uh, Jeff Nadu. All right, uh, big man. So we were talking about it. Uh, it's great to have the Mac up back. And you say you're backing up, but I know you'll get a little piece. A little piece of the action, just for the record, for the hardcores out here. Man, I got some research to do on this stuff, big man. And that's the thing. Uh, our main man in, in Minnesota caught me off guard with UCLA and Colorado. Well, I promise later in the week we're going to have all our Pac-12 picks. I got to you know dig in to these conferences. Um, you know, but like uh, big man we were talking about earlier, I mean, it's tough to predict these games. They, I, I'm reading about this. Some of these teams haven't decided on their quarterback still, big man, <laughs> in the Pac-12. You know what I mean? And we got we to start handicapping these games. We don't even know who's playing. Right. Like uh, so the decisions are now being made and uh, we're going to cap the Pac-12 this week. The, the Mac starts Eastern Michigan and Kent State. Real barn burner. Eastern Michigan get uh, six and a half. Oh, wow. How bad can they be if they're getting six and a half against Kent State? Western Michigan, 16 and a half at Akron. Ball State, three and a half point underdogs at Miami of Ohio. My Buffalo Bulls, minus nine and a half against um Northern Illinois. Wow, that's a strange sight to see. Uh, Buffalo minus nine and a half at Northern Illinois. Ohio and uh, the Chippewas, Central Michigan. Central Michigan actually is my MAC team. I like the Buffalo Bulls, but I am a chip. I am a Chippewa guy. Uh, Central Michigan zero uh, minus uh, minus a half a point against uh, Ohio and Frank Solich, who's been there forever. We got Bowling Green and Toledo. Toledo laid nineteen and a half uh, to Bowling Green. So, big man, I want to talk some college ball with you. And so we were talking about overrated coaches and, you know, guys that suck and quarterbacks that suck. And it pains me to put my guy on the list here, big man. But 
Sort of like, you know, like you're, I saw you saying you're done. Like, I'm not, I can't defend. You're not going to defend Carson Wentz anymore. You can't do it. Uh, I feel the same way about Coach Harbaugh, bro, at Michigan. I just, you know, I can accept losing big men. Like, I can, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, Michigan aren't, they're not Alabama. They're not Clemson. They're not Ohio State. I don't expect that. They're not that anymore. But, dude, like, there's four minutes left, big man. Five minutes left. They have three timeouts left. They're going down the field, and the clock is taking them forever. So, like, everything's dink and dunk, dink and dunk, dink and dunk. It took, like, five minutes to get 30 yards type thing and go down the field. And they do score, but there was 37 seconds left after Big Man. Basically, Michigan ended the game with two timeouts in their back pocket, Big Man. Despite the fact the clock was ticking. Oh, he's saving it. He's saving them. He's saving them for when he's on defense. Saving them, Big Man. There was 37 seconds left after they scored, bro. And then they were forced for the onside kick. Yeah, good for you, Harbaugh. Yeah, I hope you use those two timeouts when you're eating your Cheerios for breakfast on Sunday morning. And it just doesn't get better, big man. And you know what? The win against Minnesota looks a little less impressive, doesn't it, after Maryland, like, destroyed Minnesota. Uh, well, you know, they did the game final score destroyed, but put up a million points on them. What's your take on Michigan, bro? They're overrated. They're a basketball school, and I'm a diehard Michigan fan, but I'm just calling it like it is. They've been a basketball school for 25 years, all right? You look at the glory of Michigan. What's the glory of Michigan? Chris Weber, Fab Five, Glenn Rice, national titles, ESPN documentaries, John Beeline's Final Fours, national title games. What the hell does a football team do, big man, besides choke every week? Yeah, I mean, and I do have a Mac thought uh, when we're done here. But, uh, yeah, look, I've said for many years, I'd never have understood why Michigan is regarded as a team that we have to care about in college football. Outside of one year in 1997, um, this team is one of the more delusional fan bases you'll find. Uh, They have a feeling that they should be regarded as a top you know, five to 10 program in, in football every year. And it, it's laughable. Uh, they go to the Citrus Bowl and either win or lose. Um, and at the end of the day, you look at them, though, they feel that they are highly regarded, them as, as Michigan people and, and the people making decisions there. I don't think Jim Harbaugh will be fired unless they lose, you know, two or three more games. I think he has a hot seat, but I don't think it's that hot. You have to remember, I mean, they've went through years of, you know, Guys like Brady Hoke, um, I think they oh, yeah, regard, not getting fired. regard Jim Harbaugh as some special guy. Yeah, well, You're right, you're right. I'll tell you what, though. The Michigan fan base is realistic, big man. They, you know, they, no, and no, they no. used to be more delusional. But I think for the most part, people understand they're not that good. Yet, for whatever reason, they do get overhyped. And I don't know if it's a media thing, if it's a TV thing. But they're constantly favorites. Look, they're favorites, big man. Well, from what I saw, let me get the updated number here. And you know, somebody, if you look, if you look at the um, the comparisons, all right, look at Michigan's football record over like let's say the last ten years, and look at Tennessee's record over the last ten years. That's who Michigan are, bro. And Tennessee are sort of the same way, aren't they? Yeah. They're sort of hyped up. People talk about them. Oh, Tennessee this. But ultimately, they suck, right? Yeah, they were good. They won titles before. They're flashy. They have a lot of fans and stuff. But they're not good. And if I swear, like, they're mirror images of each other. If you look at their records, 
Michigan and Tennessee are the same. But, you know, like you look at Harbaugh, guys. Harbaugh was brought to Michigan to restore the, you know, not even restore greatness because they're never really great, but they were a top 10 team. They weren't a top five team, but they used to be a top 10 caliber team. Like, you know, top 10, but not top five. So Harbaugh gets there. All you need to know, guys, like Michigan big man used to routinely be, I remember you and I used to talk years ago. Yeah, you know, Michigan's kind of worth a shot for the national title at 12 to one here. Dude, now this year, they were 20 to one to win the big 10. 20 to one to win the big 10. They used to be six to one to win a national title. Now you guys are 20 to one to win the big 10. Hey, you're not going in the right direction, big man, when you're like the fifth or sixth choice in the big 10, bro. It's just, it's, I'm calling out for what it is. They're underachievers. And it's not even the kid's fault. They recruit well. They recruit well. They get good players. Dude, the play calling is awful. Josh, I don't know what it is about these offensive coordinators who go to Michigan and suddenly they suck. Gaddis was good at Alabama, but no, he goes to Michigan and he sucks. And they can't score from inside to five. I could go on and on, big man, but it's it's amazing to me like how they just they consistently Harbaugh consistently loses these games. Now three and eight combined against Ohio State and Michigan State. And look at Indiana. So this is where I'm going with this. And I don't want to bet against my guys, but how the hell can Michigan be three and a half point favorites in Indiana, big man? Indiana beat Penn State. I was on Rutgers last, uh, the other day. Nice, impressive win. Indiana goes, handles her business against a decent Rutgers team. And now Michigan? How the hell is Michigan going to keep up with these guys? Yeah, I, that's kind of why, though, I would kind of lean Michigan, though. I, I think a lot of people, th- this is a great spot to, to kind right. of it's sell high on, on Indiana and buy low on <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, look, Indiana's a solid team, but look, Rutgers is Rutgers. I mean, they, they still aren't very good. Uh, defensively, they're messy. Look, they probably shouldn't have beaten Penn State. I, I think if that decision would be made again 10 out of 10 times, there's no way that that's a touchdown there. Um, or the, he didn't get there. So I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit. Michigan hasn't traveled well over the years, but – I think this is a good spot to kind of uh, buy low on, on the Wolverines here. I think this will probably go down to three and you'll get a better number. Um, but, yeah, I, I, it's hard to it's hard to bet on them. But we've seen, you know, Joe Milton has the ability. Uh, I think defensively they'll have a lot more fervor under them next week. Uh, Don Brown's still a respected coordinator, but that, sec- that secondary didn't look good. They were vulnerable, particularly against Michigan State. Um, you know, he needs to be better and they need to be better there, but, um, they should bounce back. I think Indiana's a little overrated here. Uh, we kind of saw this, um, you know, kind of as weeks go on, you know, look at a team like, uh, you know, Rutgers, for instance, you know, they look great week one, they come back week two and yeah. struggle. So I think week three is where Michigan kind of gets focused and gets going. I do want to say though, Gabe, before we forget that you mentioned the Mac, um, I think Buffalo's worth a look this week uh, against uh, Northern Illinois. I think Buffalo is the best team in this conference coming into the season. They have a great coach in Leopold. They bring back Van Trees, who is one of the best quarterbacks in this conference, a great run game as well. And they have some really good skill position players and a great defense. They bring back seven guys on defense. Uh, they only gave up about 21 points a game last year. They are the de facto team heading into the season. And you know, this is a pretty bad Northern Illinois team. I, I kind of have them as probably the fifth best team in, in their side of the, the MAC. 
they don't have much a quarterback as usual. They're pretty slow and and um, kind of just they don't they don't do much for you on that side of the ball. Defense, I don't think they're that good either. New secondary with four new starters. I got some worries about the the, the Huskies here. I like Buffalo to take care of business. Crazy too, isn't it, Big Man? Because Northern Illinois used to be the gold standard in this conference. Just a dominant team. Yeah, I remember like, man, they they won like yeah, they were dominant. They were dominant on the road, this team. So the new well, the they new had ranking, that kid, uh Jordan Jordan Lynch uh, about yeah, seven yeah. or eight years ago. He was really good. Yeah, dude, they actually played in the Orange Bowl with that team. Man, they went to a yeah. BCS game or whatever it was. Or the group of six, whatever. Yeah, I think it was BCS. I don't know. Yeah, it was the probably Rod group of six. It wasn't was BCS. Um, so the new AP is out. Clemson number one still. And, you know, Clemson, you know, Notre Dame. What do you think of that, big man? You think Notre Dame are going to knock Clemson off outright? we only got 30 seconds here, so we'll get your thoughts on the other side. But a uh, big, big spot for Dabo Sweeney and Clemson here without uh, Trevor Lawrence. Alabama is ranked number two. Ohio State's ranked three, um, Notre Dame four. So this this Notre Dame-Clemson game is massive. Georgia five. We have Georgia and Florida this week. So it, I'm telling you guys, it's already, you know, it's a weird year this year. We're already at rivalry games and big-time games uh, this week. And I want big man's thoughts on the Cincinnati Bearcats. These guys are the real deal, and they're ranked six in the country right now. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. You stupid horse! I got my last ten bucks on you! No! Don't look at me! Run! No! Don't come over here! Uh, oh, boy. late night. I am Renzi. Breeders' Cup actually uh, coming up. I know Big Man likes to bet the ponies uh, as well. Uh, so we're talking college football uh, right now. So, uh, Big Man, I was talking about the Cincinnati Bearcats. You know, it's tough for these these um, it's tough for not the you know the power five conferences teams to crash the party and get respect. And people always say about how these polls don't mean anything, and the polls do mean something. The polls don't mean anything if you're Alabama, right? Or you're Clemson, or you're you know, because you control your own destiny, you know you've got big games coming up, and you know, like Clemson and Notre Dame, it works itself out. But a poll matters early if your team like Cincinnati. Cincinnati got, you know, uh, they got a nice ranking early, big man, and they're hanging on to their spot right now, and they're creeped their way up to number six, and teams are going to start to lose, and, you know, Cincinnati, yeah, some other teams might catch up a bit, but looks like the Cincinnati Bearcats have an outside chance right now of potentially, you know, potentially making the playoffs, big man. not saying they are, but they've got a shot. The fact that they're ranked six right now is pretty positive for them. Yeah, and, and when you look at, obviously, them and BYU, they're the two strongest G6 teams. Now, look, for, for the amount of games played, there is no more impressive defense than Cincinnati. I mean, you look at what they've done 
defensively. I mean, Army, you hold them to 10 points. That's a good Army team. You hold SMU to 13. You hold Memphis to 10. I mean, these are just yeah. impressive games. These are impressive numbers. Um, you know, and I think the big question coming into the season was kind of the elephant in the room, you know, was Desmond Ritter good enough to lead that offense? He was really efficient on Saturday. Uh, the running game has been terrific. Uh, th- th- there's a lot to like about this team. I like them a lot. Uh, and going forward, you know, you got another big game this week against Houston, uh, a Houston team that, uh, I got to tell you, looked uh, pretty poor over the weekend yeah. uh, as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited about Cincinnati and I'm excited about BYU. Both teams I'm I'm big fans of. I like both defenses a lot. Uh Cincinnati's laying a big number though, and that's where it starts to concern me a little bit. I feel like I kind of just missed the boat with Cincinnati. I really wasn't able to capitalize. I don't know if they're gonna win three straight games by twenty plus points. It's a tough exactly. thing to do. Uh Houston actually was impressive for large parts of that game against UCF, so I'm gonna I'm going to see where the number goes, and maybe it'll come down a little bit. That's one game that I'm kicking myself for not taking. I lost the total. I had the over in that game. And, you know, UCF did their part, but Houston's offense in the first half and, you know, the first, you know, two and a half quarters just couldn't get anything going. They did as the game went on there. I kind of left, uh, left, I'm disappointed I left it on the table there. And you you and I talked about uh, Zach Wilson, quarterback of the BYU Cougars, and his Heisman chances. And, Listen, BYU right now, guys, are ranked ninth. The thing is, Cincinnati has a tougher schedule. Like, the wins against, like, big man just rattle them off. Those are good offenses. SMU are ranked teams. Like, BYU's in tough. They're an independent. They had to put together a schedule on the fly. Give them a lot of credit for doing it. Um, and let's tip our cap to them. And they got a game against Boise State. Big-time game. This is, this is the game right now for BYU. I mean, BYU win this game. I'll really load up their schedule right now, big man, but this is pretty much uh, the football game here. What did you make of BYU in their debut against Air Force? Or what, what's your quick take? I know, as you stated, it's tough. It's early in the week. And another thing is, too, not to mention with the COVID and the injuries and everything, big man, weather is a factor for the first time in football now, as we saw this weekend with the heavy winds across the board. So that's another thing. It's tough right now, especially in like Boise, Idaho. Right. You know, in certain locations, weather really could come into play. But big time football game here with the BYU and Boise, big man. Yeah, I, I've got some concerns about Boise. Um, you know, I don't know who if Hank Buckmeyer is going to play or not. They, he didn't play the other night. You know, Air Force put up 30 points. I mean, this Air Force team doesn't have a quarterback. Um, they're running an offense with just kind of handing the ball off. As we know, uh, they put up a lot of yards. Um, I, look, Zach Wilson is a guy you got, you got to hope Gabe, one of these big guys, whether it's just a fields or, you know, you don't hope, but you know, you got to hope you get lucky in there. They're out of a couple weeks well, with COVID, well, or, got COVID. Or, or whatever. Hey, but, there's step one, uh, big man. There's step yeah, one. Exactly. Morris got COVID. <laughs> yeah. So we just need two more. And I think we're I'm feeling pretty good about it, but yeah, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to BYU boys. But I'll tell you what I'm really looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the Clemson Tigers because I'm going to tell you something. DJ Ugalele was very good the other day. And I'm going to tell you right now, Gabe, he is the next to Sean Watson. I'm going to say that right now. He is very good. And, look, I'm going to give BC a little credit. Go back, Gabe, and watch their touchdowns. Every one of them was very random. 
crazy catches, you know, kicks or uh, fumble sixes, uh, just a lot of nonsense and randomness. Um, I give them credit for hanging in the game, but you know, Clemson's really good. I don't necessarily trust Notre Dame's a level of opponent so far. I don't know how good they really are. We know Clemson's defense is good. I think Ulagalele comes in here and uh, gets them a big win. I'm actually laying the six and a half here. I, I just played it. Wow. All right. Pull, pulling the trigger early uh, here uh, with with the Clemson Tigers. Kincherian, too, because people are going to buy in uh, to Notre Dame in this spot. And we've seen the Irish often guys over the years, Brian Kelly's football teams, you know, they win a lot of games, but they'll get punched in the mouth in these spots. They've been they've been punched in the mouth in these big game uh, situations. So we were talking about BYU guys. Uh, BYU 7-0 and right now. 7-0. and They've got Boise State at Boise State. This game's on Friday night. Uh, that's cool. So it's not on Saturday. So it's good. Um, it's going to get national spotlight and attention. I like, I like this. Uh, good job that they scheduled this for Friday night. 9.45 Eastern time Friday night. Uh, BYU at Boise State. After that, um, they've got North Alabama. Uh, basically, so BYU has a bye week after the Boise game, so they can go all in. Then they, they host North Alabama, and then they finish their season. They're off again for three weeks, and then they finish their season versus well, San Diego State. I mean, like I said, they had to string a schedule together. They're an independent team. They were screwed. So they, were, they managed to pull this off, uh, actually, and schedule 10 games. So they play Friday night, November the 6th. They're off until Saturday, November the 21st against North Alabama. And then they don't play again until uh, <laughs> until December the 12th. But they win this game, big man. They're going to go. They're going to go 10-0. and 0. Well, I've heard, Gabe, um, there, there's talk actually out in Provo at uh, some of the BYU media that they're actually looking to schedule a game with Marshall this year. Um, I don't know how much – legs wow. that has but that's been the talk uh coming up they're going to try to schedule one more game look the north alabama game is a joke but you know you really got to give BOU some credit for you know finding ways to schedule this year i mean this is an independent team you know, they went out and scheduled a pretty good stretch here i mean you have houston in there you have boise in there san Diego yeah. state so yeah if they can grab that, that marshall game would be a big game marshall's playing yeah, Navy too. Marshall's playing some great football. That's uh, that'd be a great game as well. Look, if they can run the table and get Marshall in there as well, and, and still run the table, uh, that's impressive. Th- a couple really good opponents in there. That's the thing. And normally, in most years, people, you know, the voters in the committee and everyone in the media would roll their eyes. Yeah, whatever. You know, it's BYU. Look at their schedule. But as we stated, the COVID. I've noticed, big man, with the pandemic. These smaller teams are getting taken more seriously. Like Cincinnati's getting shown respect. BYU's like ninth right now. They're getting shown respect. So BYU jump up. They jump up. They beat Boise. They jump up a little bit. And then, like I said, then they play two games in the next span of a month, essentially, a month and a half. In five weeks, they have two games. But it gives them a chance to uh, to kick back and watch other teams lose uh, potentially. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, big man. We'll get you out of here, buddy. It's always a pleasure, my man. Before we do, you got any uh, any soccer uh, any soccer coming up? Uh, you're going to be playing. Um, well, we don't have anything until next week. There is a game tomorrow: Verona, Benevento, and Syria. Verona's actually 
one of the teams in that league that does play a little defense. But yeah, Benevento's been interesting. They're, they're not a good side, but they have some goal-scoring prowess. Uh, before I go, Gabe, I do want to throw one thing out. Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to get a – I don't know if there will be any props on this, but uh, th- this election, man, it's going to be fascinating. Uh, I'm, I think we're going to have a winner by 3 a.m. on Wednesday. I think you'll have enough – states coming in the states that mean something and i think you're going to have something so i'm looking forward to it it's gonna next time i speak to you gabe we, we are going to probably have a new president possibly I, so uh, I we think can Biden's all hope hopefully win. the nightmare will be over i think biden's gonna win but i, I do too i i'm concerned about what's going to happen after though like from a betting perspective I'm just stating, like, you know, is, is trump going to contest it he's already talking about courts and they got lawyers and there's you're trying to throw out 100,000 votes in Texas right now already. I don't know, man. This just could get ugly and into the courts. It's almost like a fight, though, isn't it, but big if, man? If Biden needs to win in a landslide and people will be like, dude, just shut up. You lost. You got killed. Right. There's nothing to bitch about, right? But if it's close, then this could last a while. But I think Biden pulls it out. Yeah, I, I think we have to we have to hope that Biden wins fairly large. I think you're right. Trump will contest it. Trump won't leave. Um, and and that will really call into question the democracy that we have. And 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 look, this guy is is defied laws before, but yeah, I don't I don't think it's close. I said that time and time again. I just don't think the numbers work out. Uh, if everything goes the way I think it's going to go, I think I think Joe Biden will get into the three hundreds, and I think Donald Trump will be in the the one fifties, one sixty, and I think that's going to be the blow we we're going to need, and uh, we all can hope. Uh, we, we we can't do another four years. Whether you like Donald Trump or not, we have to realize uh, he is a dangerous human being, and he doesn't care about any of us. Uh, I hope for our country's sake uh, we get something to go our way because it's been a tough year. Whether you live here or wherever, abroad, it's been a tough year. The world is watching this country, uh, and I just hope that we can deliver and, and make the right decision. Yeah, well said, uh, big man, and I'll tell you what. They're setting this up. I don't know if you know who Jason Miller is. He's one of Trump's buddies, surrogates. He's got a big head like a pumpkin. Yeah, one of those. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he was yeah. saying today, uh, well, if the, the Democrats, uh, they might win because they stole it. They've stolen it. And, you know, the the mail, and they're already right, setting it up. Trump's never I think they that. know. Yeah, I think they know they're about to lose. So they're already setting up the angle. It got stolen and blah, 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 blah. Big man, you're the best. It's always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks well, listen, for the time. Part of stool. Trump wouldn't be in Nebraska and Georgia if he thought he was going to win. He knows he's going to have a lot of trouble. Thanks, Gabe. I'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it, buddy. There's big man on campus uh, with us. Uh, so I don't want to rush uh, big man out, but I want to get the big card Julio uh, in Chicago as well. Big card Julio. Is there, do we still have Julio with us? Julio. Julio. Gabe, how you doing, my man? There's my Yo. man, Julio. What's up, Julio? I didn't want to sort of, you know, time just flew by here. What do you got for us, Julio? No worries. I'll be brief. Mike Evans, anytime touchdown, my, uh, minus 121. Rob Gronkowski, plus 190. Anytime touchdown and over 39 and a half yards at minus 112. And let's hope for a QB sneak with Tom Brady and plus 450. Daniel Jones to throw an interception, minus 195. Leeds United, plus 163 in uh, Premier League soccer tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Love it, uh, Julio. Sorry for the quick call. Give us a call tomorrow.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Thanks for big man on campus uh, for kicking it with us. You should have just taken Julio's uh, call on the other side uh, here. But uh, to recap, actually, um, you know, we got uh, we got photogenic memory. Julio said he's taking Mike Evans anytime touchdown. Rob Gronkowski anytime touchdown. Tom Brady uh, to score a touchdown. Um, and uh, what do you say? Leeds. There you go. Leeds United. Both. They're there. I like the picks. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have all of our props tomorrow on game time decisions as always. It's one of those deals. I talk about it. If I had a really good day today in the NFL, I would be looking at the props more right now for tomorrow. I'd be like, oh man, let's take this, let's take that. But I didn't have a great day today in the NFL, so I'm not in a uh, I'm not in a I'm not in a capping mode. I've got to let today go. Still, I'm still frustrated. Still frustrated by the weekend's events. And so we're at the halfway point now, guys. And you are what your record says you are, as they always say, as Bill Parcells said. Um, so the odds are set right now. And the Pittsburgh Steelers starting to get some uh, – Pittsburgh Steelers are getting a lot of support and love right now from the odds makers with the NFL futures. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs are the Super Bowl favorites right now at plus 350. The Pittsburgh Steelers are now the second choice. Pittsburgh Steelers, plus 600. The third choice, a football team that plays tomorrow, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, plus 750. So the Buccaneers are favorites to win the NFC right now. Seattle are right behind them at 8-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Baltimore, 9-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Green Bay's 12-1. to one. New Orleans, 13. Then it's Buffalo, 21. And Indianapolis, 25. And really, I think like, we can sort of go through a process of elimination here, actually, with some of these teams. I'm a Buffalo Bill fan, and I'll tell you right now, the Buffalo Bills aren't winning the Super Bowl. All right, The Indianapolis Colts aren't winning the Super Bowl. The Baltimore Ravens aren't winning the Super Bowl. The Green Bay Packers aren't winning the Super Bowl. The New Orleans Saints aren't winning the Super Bowl, I don't think. Uh, and then, you know, is Tampa? I don't know. I stand with Seattle here. One thing I like for this Monday Night Football game, though, guys, it's going to go way over the number. New England, um, other than that, you're on your own. 